chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. When your pastor uh, contacted me on Monday and said, hey, I want to I wanna be able to put some things in the bulletin for you, that I gave that to him on Tuesday. And so in the bulletin, it does give you a nice outline there of what we're going to look at in Luke chapter 5. It's got it listed there as our title this morning, Following Christ's Command. That is what we want to look at from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Our key thought together is following Christ's command to launch out into the deep will bring a harvest. And our key verse in this passage of Scripture is in verse 4 where we find those words of Jesus. And then I ask the question to you this morning, what will it take for us, the church, us as believers, to launch into the world? And with that in mind, let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer, and we'll be reading from Luke chapter 5. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for putting the desire for spiritual things in our heart and making it possible for us to gather in this place of worship this morning. We thank you for then your Holy Spirit that's here present with us, the Word of God that's open, that's quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, and we pray that you would accomplish that which you please in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Luke chapter 5, you follow along as I read from the King James Version 1 through 11. It reads, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he, that's Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came, and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, and said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. This account of Jesus calling his first disciples in every one of the gospel, but we have a larger description of it right here in Luke chapter 5. What I want to focus on is that word launch this morning. It's an action word. Launch is a word that helps us realize that we need to be doing something. We need to be doing something. And as we think of that word launch that's in verse 4, as outlined in the bulletin, we're going to use an acronym to guide our thoughts with for the next half hour here together. The idea of L, listen. What's taking place in verse 1? What is taking place here? 
we have Jesus preaching to the crowd who want to hear. In verse 1, it tells us, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. People wanting to hear the words that Jesus had to say. The word of God. Do people still want to hear today? Well, there are some, of course, who don't. They can make a lot of noise sometimes. They can be uh, perhaps an obstacle in some ways. But then there are those who want to hear. So we need to be people, first of all, who will listen to the words of Christ. When we went to Liberia in 1979, and we worked among six different language-speaking people, the Gio, the Mono, the Basa, the Bee, the Kron, and the Peli, they were all within a half-hour flying radius of our mission station in northeast Liberia with the helicopter. The seventh language group we worked with were the Mandingo people who had kind of come down from the north, the desert area. And it was just amazing to me as we would fly out to a village there in the 100-150-foot mahogany forest jungle, very isolated area. We lived 60 miles from the nearest paved road, 100 miles from the nearest town of electrification. But when we would land, we would tell the people what we were there for. Tell them about the God who put the fish in the river and the deer in the bush that they hunted and gave them life and breath and that they would meet one day. The people listened. It was not hard to gather together a whole village and then share the gospel with them. And God blessed that during the 1980s. During that entire decade, we, we saw people come to Christ from all seven language groups, and then men come from all those language groups to our Bible school on our mission station where I taught as well. And God then was bringing about a great work in that whole area of Liberia because people wanted to listen. But it took someone, right, to go and tell them. And God had worked in our hearts as well as others. We were not alone there, of course. We were in a team situation, but there were people there. God wanted us to give people the truth of his word. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy word, thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we had that that we carried out during those days. Listen to the words of Christ. Give people the word that is eternal. Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So we need to give people the words that are eternal. When people in Matthew 5, as Jesus was giving those words out, he said there are people who have a a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. That's the kind of people Jesus met then too. And so the command to launch out here in Luke chapter 5 comes after they had listened. God wants us to take in his word, and God wants us to listen to him. And it will eventually lead, as we see here, to a great harvest. It is in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, that Jesus said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. The words of Christ, they're worth 
listening to? Do you have that hunger in your heart to hear from God? What a great uh, prayer Pastor Sears led us in this morning. What a wonderful thing that we can draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to us. Let's listen to the words of Christ. As we think of that action word launch this morning, we want to think of A in that acronym, accept the challenge, accept the challenge. Well, what what challenge? Well, verse 2, Jesus, it says there, he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. What was the challenge? (laughs) Jesus was asking them to use what they had. Will we let Jesus use what we have, what he's entrusted us with? Accept the challenge. The first, give yourselves to Christ. The give of ourselves to Jesus. That was all part of what was going on here. Jesus was wanting them to redirect their life into service for him. And Mark 6.33, we know those familiar words, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, these men that Jesus is calling to be his disciples were no, were, were no doubt nominal believers in God, and now they were going to become intimate followers of Christ. They were going to accept the challenge to let Jesus use what they had. When I was in high school, I came to know Jesus as my Savior. I'd grown up in a church where I had been told I had been baptized as a baby, and that washed away my initial sin, and I learned some good things about God. But I had to realize that no matter what people did for me or on my behalf, it was not going to earn forgiveness with God or his righteousness. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me my sin and be my Savior. And when I did that, well, he came into my heart and he changed my life. He changed my life. Then God quickly called me with the challenge, what are you going to do with your life? You've got a lot of choices to make. What are you going to do with your life? Well, Romans 12, 1 and 2 really became a challenge for me when he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that what? By the mercies of God, ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, in high school, I told the Lord, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm willing to do it. And I had no idea what that would mean because, well, I grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin and I knew how to milk cows, but I'd never even been in an aircraft before plane or helicopter, and as I went off to college, well, pretty soon, I was learning how to fix them and fly them, and that was with the, with the goal in mind or with the thrust in mind that, well, there was this thing called mission aviation, and maybe God could use me in a way like that, but the question comes up, well, can, can I learn, can I really learn to do this, can I, is that something that, that is within my ability or not? God said to me, well, whatever you got, I want to use it. Peter had a boat. He asked Jesus, can I use your boat? 
Jesus said, okay. And Jesus preached from that boat. Can he use your life? Will you accept the challenge that Jesus asks of us as believers this morning to give back to him what we have so he can use it in our life? They gave their boat. The question is, what will we give Jesus today? Accept the challenge this morning to give of yourself. Then we come to the L in that word launch, uh, or you rather, in that word launch. Understand the dangers. Well, we come to verse 4 and 5. We come there. Verse 4, now when they had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Understand the dangers of launching out. It might cost you something. It might cost you something. One of the projects at Bibles International Language Projects we've adopted in the last couple of years, well, the two of them have been in countries in which are restricted access nations. That we don't publicize their name. But there's people then who are willing to take a great risk to get what you and I have this morning. And that's a copy of the scriptures that they'll be able to have one day in their hand, in their own language, that they can take home with them or gather together with other believers the word of God. We just call it the Metanoia Project. In this country, you have to have 50 Christians in order to register a church. They have 35. They cannot register their church with the government to make it what would be considered legal or acceptable to the government, and so they meet together as they can. And since we started to help them, Bibles International started to help them with the translation project, it's drawn a bit more attention to their group and the church group. Unexpected visitors come who did arrest them, arrested the pastor, put them in jail. Some were required to pay a great fine. Would they do it or not? They went several months not paying the fine. They were under great distress. And then the pastor decided to pay the fine, which he did, was let out, and then got out of the country. It is difficult for some to get what you and I have got this morning, the Word of God. What would it cost? Do you understand the danger this morning of living for Christ in our land? Well, what are the dangers? Well, people might think you're a little weird, right? A little weird. Is that, is that a great danger to you, a great danger to me? People might have been thinking of these early men, Peter, there in the boat. Well, why in the world would Jesus ask me to launch out into the deep when I've been fishing all night, we've caught nothing, everybody knows we caught nothing, and, and Jesus wants me to go back out and throw down my net and now look really dumb. There's no fish out there, right? I fished all night, and I know there's nothing there. Well, he was helping them to understand that all that they had, everything they owned, belongs to someone bigger and greater than they. 
And Jesus could command that to happen. Just like in Luke 12, 15, he said unto them, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Do you, do you think we really have control? We really own what God has given us to manage? Well, understand the dangers of launching out. They, they were a bit afraid. They were a bit afraid. We talked about that in the, in the combined Sunday school class uh, this morning with Pastor Sears. Fear. People might think you are a little foolish, but is that really a great danger? Can you stand being laughed at? Can you stand being made fun of or ridiculed? Well, it is embarrassing, sure. But what is Jesus asking us to do this morning as believers, as followers of his? Understand the dangers of launching out. When we were in Liberia, there were some turbulent times because of people who had a selfish desire for greed, power, and revenge, killing the president and then taking over the country and then counter coups and such that went on. And during our entire time there, culminating in our 11th year when there was a bit of, of a more directed assault in the country where there was those who came across the border. In the three months that we were under military con, uh, curfew while the fighting was going on in our county, Tom and June Jackson were missionaries who had spent their entire lives out there working to translate then the Geo language and the Mono language. Tom was a great linguist, and so was his wife, and they had taken on different languages. Can you imagine? They were doing it. Those are two language groups that we worked a lot with. 40 miles from where they had their mission station. They got isolated on their mission station during the fighting. They couldn't get off. And uh, the last communication we had with them was God had done a miracle. We wouldn't know for weeks later what that meant. But in the next couple days, the rumors were going around that the missionaries had been killed because I was our field president and tasked by the American Embassy to investigate that, I had to conclude with the American Embassy that it had indeed happened. And word was sent back to the states that their parents, to their children, that their parents had been killed. That's when we evacuated out. It cost something. Was the cost worth it? In the years that that uh, led up to that, Bibles International had come to Liberia. The first time I ever met Henry Osborne was in Liberia. He was a chief language consultant with Bibles International as a Baptist mid-missionary for years. They, he and his wife had been in, in Venezuela working with the Wadao Indian people on the Orinoco River. They had done a translation for a New Testament. Then after 25 years, they had to leave that because of, of uh, health problems and so on. But then he transitioned into the work at Bibles International. Great linguist. Came to Liberia to, to do research and to adopt three of the languages that we worked in for Bible translation, the Gio and the Mano that the Jacksons were working among. But the war changed all that. 
understand the dangers of launching out. We don't know what a day will bring. We don't know what God has for us in the future. But will we be faithful to be the followers that he's calling us to be? Follow Christ's command. That brings us to the letter N in the word launch, never give up. Never give up. In verse 5 and following, uh, Simon answers and says in verse 5, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Never give up at following Christ's command. When they were obedient and went out and let down the net, there was the catch of fish that the Lord had told them to go get. They had to exercise faith. The word master is used there in verse 5. It's the first time that the word here is translated as master that occurs in the New Testament, and it's only in the book of Luke it's found. It's the key to why Peter obeyed, because Peter recognized Jesus to be his master. And so he was willing then to follow by faith. I mentioned that translation for the Wadao Indian people. Here it is. A New Testament now that's complete with portions of the Old Testament. Never give up. Why? Well, the country of Venezuela, you know, has closed for some years now to all missionaries. The missionaries the Baptist Mid-Missions had down there haven't been able to return for years. The translation work then was renewed down in that country. Henry Osborne went down with a completed New Testament. Now this has books of the Old Testament with it. When he went down, it was 50 years to the date that they had a dedication for the New Testament that Bibles International finished. And we've been doing work on the Old Testament since then. Well, Henry and Anne are both in heaven now. This New Testament now is in the hands of the people, or, or Bible now, this scripture, is in the hands of the people. Just this weekend we learned that this, which, which printed in Brazil, has arrived now into the hands of the people there on the Orinoco River. It's a work that Henry and Anne had given their lives to do. New Testament being done now, the Old Testament portions to go with it. Never give up. Never give up. What God asks you to do, follow through with it. It is worth it. Matthew 25, 21, the Lord, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wouldn't it be great someday to hear those words that Jesus would say of us? Well, never give up. Never give up. So they went out and put down their nets. Be faithful and be following. Be faithful and be following. Isn't that what Jesus is still asking of us today? Be following. Recognize faults and failures, repent of them, and go on. And that's what Peter does. Because Peter had plenty of those in his life, and he still would to come. But how God used him 
in the early church when he preached and there were 3,000 saved. Never give up. Be following. Be following. We have one translation project in the country of Mali, the heart of the Sahara Desert. You've heard of the city of Timbuktu. Is, is that a real city? Yeah, it is. I've been there. I flew a Cessna 180 out of Liberia, the Ivory Coast, up over Guinea-Bapasu, and there into the vast desertness of the Sahara. Nothing but brown, nothing but sand. But there you'll find the city of Timbuktu. There you'll find people from the Songhai language. Songhai-speaking people have wandered the deserts for years. They've come more recent decades now to be more centralized in that area. Missionaries have gone there. Missionaries have worked with this Muslim group. Bibles International was called upon to help do a translation. The Songhai New Testament has now been finished. It's now been finished, but at great cost. Because, yes, the rebels, you can call them terrorists, you can call them what you want, haters of God, God's people came down. In the northern part of Mali, down to Timbuktu, to drive all the Christians out, our translation center there at the one church, the only church there in Timbuktu, were all driven out. But the translation continued in the capital city of Bamako, to where today it's been sent to the printers now. Final copy. Completed text. It's going to be printed in the country of Belarus. Belarus. You say, well, where in the world is that? Well, that'll be your, your homework assignment this afternoon. Find out where Belarus is, because Bibles International is utilizing printers in a lot of different places in the world. Well, Jesus tells us, never give up. Keep doing, keep working. And you know, it's being planned into the new year now, 2019, for dedication for that language group. God can use it. Then we come to see, the word see and the word launch. We're told to listen to the command of Christ. We're told to accept the challenge. We're told to understand the dangers and never give up. And now we find that Simon Peter calls for others to help, to come and help him. Verse 7, that first part of verse 7, they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. Well, who was there? There was James and John were there in the other ship. They've got a great catch, the net's breaking, and they call upon others to help. Well, guess what? We can't do it alone, can we? God doesn't call us to do things alone, but to do them in fellowship, in partnership. Church is a great body. We work together in the local church, and that's what God has for us. And he calls uh, for us to call for each other to help. It works that way. It works that way. So who can you come alongside of to help? Are you available for someone to call you to help? We need others to help us. How in the world is Bibles International going to reach 7,099 different languages? Well, out of that group, there's some 2,000 that are dying out, the language groups that won't sustain and, and they won't need. It's not projected to have translation for about 2,000 languages. 
but there still are 16 to 1,700 languages that need someone to start a translation among. Almost all of those are among Muslim groups, closed pretty much groups, but that's the target that still remains. We have to call on others to help. When we joined Baptist Mid-Missions in 1976, there were 1,200 of us. Now there's only half that number. And I have to say, I've gotten a bit gray. Uh-huh. And so we are looking for others to join in and help. Join in and take up the task. So we have to call on others. I'm, I'm really thankful that Bibles International has several who have joined in the last few years. There's several, several on deputation to join in, in a very specialized ministry, uh, no doubt, through translation work. But it takes a lot of people to come together to bring this about. Team up with someone. Work together to get out the good news. That's all part of following Christ's command. And then lastly this morning, as we come to the end of this, we see the H. Harvest comes. Harvest comes. As we look down at the end of verse 7, they came, they filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Verse 8, Peter recognizes then that Jesus truly is God. He's grieved in his heart over his own sin. But as we go to verse 9, they bring in the fish. Verse 10, they get the help they need. And Jesus says, as verse 10 comes to a close, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. The harvest comes. Verse 11, when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Jesus had given the command to launch out, and they end up following him. Harvest comes. Catching men is more important than catching fish. That was a great lesson they learned that day. It's a great lesson Jesus wants us to learn and understand and practice. When Peter went on on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 were saved, no doubt he thought back to those days when he let Jesus use his boat to preach on. And then when he obeyed Jesus to cast his net out. And then when he saw himself as a sinner, presence of a holy God, and he yielded to Jesus, and he accepted the challenge. He accepted the challenge. I have here a translation for a New Testament for the Luxembourgish people, the country of Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Isn't that in the heart of Europe? Yep. Isn't that between France and Germany? Yep. Isn't that just a little country that's highly industrialized and developed? Yep. You know, they've never had a translation in Luxembourgish in their language, and so oh, about 10 years ago, the request came to Bibles International for help. Help to get a translation. Why in the world would they do that? Well, the Parliament of Luxembourg took back its national language and said, we want to have Luxembourgish as our national language now. Fine, because people grew up speaking that in the country, but... They knew French, they knew German, and, and they didn't have Luxembourgish translation. So they asked Bibles International for help, and so work went on at a very rapid pace because of the development 
of the people there and language and so on. And so printed in Germany last fall, the Luxembourgish translation was dedicated on October 29th. Think back a year ago in October. What were we projecting to celebrate in October? What were, what were we having as a 500-year milestone? October 29th was marking the 500 year of the Reformation. And the people there chose that date as the dedication for their first only ever translation into Luxembourgish that was published. Today they're working on the Old Testament. But they gathered together that whole first printing, which was done in, in Germany. The whole first printing was sold out. They're on their second one. Why? Well, people are interested then. It goes back to that first point, listening to the command of Christ, listening. Are people willing to listen? Some are. So we go fishing. We got some bait. Put it out there. See what will happen. Then God uses. If he asks us for something, we put it in his hand, he'll use it. Well, that's what missions is all about, isn't it? That's why Beth and I have given the last 42 years of our life now in service, well, through Baptist mid-missions, but service to the Lord, to launch out. Will you follow Christ's command? Whatever that might be in your life, I don't know. But to be faithful, to do it. And then harvest comes. Harvest comes. And Wednesday, Lord willing, we'll be going on to Staten Island where there's a large group of Liberian refugees where Nate and Carol Watkins, missionaries at Baptist Mid-Missions, are working, have been working now for quite a few years with those Liberian believers and that whole area. And we'll be sharing some in the Wednesday night service there. Harvest comes. And I'm so glad for it. Following Christ's command to launch into the deep will bring a harvest. But what will it take for us to launch into our world? That's the question for us to consider this morning. What will it take? There are so many opportunities out there, sometimes it's hard to choose, right? <laughs> I think it's harder than ever with all the choices out there. But what's God asking you this morning? Listen to the command of Christ. Accept the challenge. Understand the dangers. Never give up. Call for others to help. Harvest. Call. Follow Christ.